0: Can we thank them one more time? It was great. It was beautiful. Beautiful, man. And uh Brian, I know you're, you know, you're not singing, but uh you're as important as every other part up here, man. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. Thank you. That was beautiful. It's nice to hear the piano, too. Enjoy that a lot. Uh before I go any further, before I forget, where is Ryan? Oh, there you are. Ryan. I, I love your passion, man, on giving. Thank you. That's beautiful. Uh it is a spiritual discipline and there is massive, massive blessings. Okay, what uh but also it's his birthday today. So <clears throat> happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh Twenty, twenty-eight? Twenty-eight? Ish? Twenty-eight-ish? Plus a few? <laughs> oh man. Uh, we had our, uh, our daughter Claire and her boyfriend came up to visit, uh, uh last night. Had, had to leave this morning. Five, five a.m. And I make the coffee, so that was early morning for me. <clears throat> Uh, but, and then our, our, our son Chad and his family, they're coming up next weekend. And I, I'm being reminded what it was like living here in the past. We get a lot more visitors living in this area. It's amazing. <laughs> My sister and her husband, they're planning a trip already. It's just amazing. Uh, not that we didn't get visitors in Lodi every now and then, but it, <laughs> the, Frequency of visitors dipped dramatically when we left here uh, 20 years ago. Hey, uh, I am so excited to continue of having this conversation on getting love right. Uh, getting love right um, as we come here and uh, take care of some unfinished business. The phrase I'm like I'm using as we come back. Uh, we we want to start out this month by understanding. And keeping the most important thing the most important thing. And the most important thing in, in, in serving God and being a church family and loving our neighbors is, is getting love right. We want to do the right thing the right way. We want to do the right thing the right way. And so we, We've been focusing on this verse, of 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And uh, some of you might have it memorized. And it says this, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, But the greatest of these is love, which is amazing because without without faith, without faith, you can't please God. And without hope, you have no motivation for tomorrow. But in spite of those two things that are critical for living life to the fullest, love is by far the greatest. And so we've talked about love. We talked about faith today. We're talking about hope. And then next week, we'll talk about love one more time before we launch into a new series in June to start the summer. But hope is is um, something I hope you live with. I hope you live with hope. I hope you live with hope. And hope that goes beyond I hope so. Let me put that all together. I hope you live with hope. And a hope that goes beyond I hope so. Did you guys understand that? That makes sense, right? It makes sense to me. It makes complete sense to me. Uh, Let let me uh, quote um, these words I found. Faith, hope, and love work in concert with one another. You've got to see these three as a thread that's weaved together and is, is linked together. Faith, hope, and love work in concert with one another. They will bring out the best in you and the best in me. Faith, hope, and love will bring out the best in us. Uh, The more you and I are people of faith, hope, and love, the more we reflect the image and the likeness of God. The more we reflect the image and the likeness of God. Uh, Faith, hope, and love. In our faithless, hopeless, and loveless world, we live in a world uh, where, where being faithful is not a requirement to being successful. Come on, so help me out. You can be extremely unfaithful and yet be elevated to a world's definition of success. That's our world. And that's, that's, just so you know, that's not the case in the kingdom of God. <laughs> uh, success is defined in God's kingdom uh, by faithfulness, by being faithful. And we live in a world that's hopeless. A lot of people live not understanding a purpose, or a design, or a sense of direction in their life. And there's a lot of um, a lot of lack of love in our world today. A lot of coldness, hardness in our world. So the more we are living faithful lives, hopeful lives, loving lives, the more we're reflecting the image of likeness. God, we're lifting up the name of Jesus, and God will draw. That world that's struggling to Him through our, our witness here on earth. That's the way God designed us to live. We are mirrors of Him. So He reflects to the world through us. And then we pray back the world to Him. If that makes sense to you. So your, 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 uh, your vocation in life is to be a person who's living out in the image and likeness of God. That's your vocation. That's that's what God has you here for. That's what God has me here for, and, that, and that's why we try to live what the Bible calls a holy life, uh, a life where we're we're not entangled with sin, we're not burdened with sin, because that that mars the image and likeness of God. Does that make sense? That mars the image and likeness of God. Now, the the Greek word for hope is elpis. If you want a, if you want to sound intelligence, right? throw around a Greek word. Uh, that the New Testament was written in, um, Elpis, and it means expectation, trust, and confidence. Okay, Expectation, trust, and confidence. It comes from the root word Elpo, which means to anticipate with, with pleasure or excitement, to anticipate and to welcome, to anticipate, to welcome. Elpis is an expectation of what is guaranteed. It's an expectation of of what is guaranteed. You know, I, I have a little bit of life insurance, um, which, which, which I think allows Sharon to sleep a little better at night. I, I don't know. Maybe. Anyone? Uh, I remember we, uh, when our kids were all young, uh, I woke up one day and said, I should have life insurance. <laughs> four kids. Uh, actually it was here. I was, I was, I was on a youth pastor salary with four kids. All things are possible with God and <laughs> and uh I, I remember we decided to get life insurance, which is great I don't know if you ever got life insurance but i don't i asked for a certain amount and uh and, and the guy came back he 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 pushed back on me like why do you want that much I'm like i've got four kids anyways it was it was a real interesting experience uh ended up getting it it was good uh, but I, I, I think, certainly for Sharon, she's not worried if something happens, I mean, if something happens to me, if I go to be at the Lord. I mean, the Bible says it's better to be at the Lord, right? Um, but she's not wringing her hands worrying if that life insurance company's going to pay up, right? If something should happen to me. Uh, but the, in the same way, this idea of hope is an expectation of what is guaranteed, what is Guaranteed. That's what hope is. Hebrews 11:1 says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Let me say it one more time. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Are, are you confident in the promises of God in your life? That was not rhetorical. <laughs> are you confident in the promises of God to you through his word, maybe in prayer, something he's guaranteed to you, uh, but I, are you confident in those promises that have not yet come to pass? The Bible, in the very next verse there in Hebrews 11, one, verse 2, it says that the ancients, or people we would refer to, as the characters in the Old Testament, they were commended for that type of faith. If you want to be in right standing with God, if you want to be commended by God, be a person who has faith or confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we yet do not see. Now there's a few, a few of you in the room. I, I, I won't, uh, I won't point you out, but you know who you are. Uh, uh, you're, you're the kind of person that you'll believe it if what? I mean, wh- one of your heroes in the Bible is, is Thomas. Come on. There's an, I got an amen right here. That's my wife. That's my wife. You know, he, he had to see the, he had to see the scars. He had to touch. Come on. Anybody else besides my wife who's very proud of this fact? Others of you, you just hear it, God speaks it, you believe it, and that settles it. There's some of you, faith, right? You have faith, you believe that. Uh, But the Bible wants us to move towards what the ancients were commended for, their faith in future things, their faith in the word of God, the person of God. One of those characters was Abraham, and in uh Romans 4 18 through 25 the apostle Paul wrote about the type of hope Abraham uh had and if you know the story you understand that he had hope against hope <laughs> but the things he believed God for that were promised to him were truly hope against hope I mean he believed God was going to impregnate his wife at her age Folks, I don't know if if there's any more greater tests here on earth than believing God would, could, and was going to do that. Yet he did. He believed that. Sarah kind of believed it. Remember at first what her first response was to God saying he was going to do that? Anybody remember? She started laughing, (laughs) which I thought was a proper response personally. Humor in that moment for sure. Now here's what Paul wrote about Abraham. Uh, Against all hope. So, against all circumstances. All circumstances. All of the normal patterns of life. uh, Against even natural law, if you would. Against all hope. Abraham in hope. Now just, you, you gotta, so all hope would be the world's way of living. In hope would be God's way of living. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. He was commended for his faith in God's promise. This hope he had for a future event that God told him would take place, he believed it. And because of that, God honored him for that hope and that faith. became the father of many nations. Uh, Father Abraham, anyone grow up singing Father Abraham? Any? Please don't sing it right now. I, that song and like I don't know. If I ever hear the song Friends one more time, I might, I might help the person off the platform. You know. Anyway, if you love that song, just be patient with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, just has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So he he received this promise that his wife become pregnant, and he'd have a child of promise, and that offspring would lead ultimately, his seed would lead ultimately to the ultimate hope of the world, Jesus Christ. Abraham believed that. Abraham believed that. He believed that. So shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a 100 years old, And that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. He did not waver. Now, if Abraham did not waver in that circumstance, I have no excuse. (laughs) As a father of four, I have no excuse at all. He did not waver at all. Why? Because this promise that God gave him. Because God gave him the promise. God gave him. The word. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but when, uh, when, when my children believed me, when I spoke a word to them, when I told them I would do something, when they believed me, that's one of the greatest moments of being a father. When your child believes you, trusts you, has confidence in you, lives in such a way that what I said is going to come to pass. Goes on, but was, um, strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. God was able to move against natural law. God was able to move against circumstances. God was able to move in a miraculous way. Do you believe that's the same God you serve today? Do you believe that? Are you going to believe it as you drive out of the parking lot? Come on, man. One, one of the most uh, brutal parts of what I do in living is uh, statistics tell us that 95% of what I'm going to say today, you will forget by Tuesday. <laughs> Some of you going, Tuesday? That's ambitious. <laughs> I know the challenge. I know the challenge. But Abram was he was fully persuaded that God had the power... To do what he had promised. And that same power is what brought Jesus back from the dead. That same power is what brought Jesus back from the dead. Paul goes on, verse 22. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. He was right with God. He was right with God because of his faith. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone. Here's where where we come into the picture. But also for us. When we demonstrate this type of faith that Abraham had in the person, the word of God, we have a righteousness in Christ. We are right with God. Do you believe that today? This is so critical. This is so important. People ask me all the time, how, how do, I get this question all the time. How do I know I'm going to heaven? How can I be sure I'm going to heaven? A lot of Christians struggle with this. They, they, you know, one day they're going, the next day, you know, one day they're in. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The next day they're out. You know, they've done something or said something or thought something and, and they, they, have this, this, they have this, this, this unbiblical relationship with God. And I gotta, I gotta show you this. Once we have uh, faith in Christ, once God gives that gift of faith, uh, we, we can, we can be confident we're going to heaven. Not because of our faithfulness, but because of his faithfulness. Uh, right? I'm telling you right now, if, if you're basing your uh, confidence in going to heaven based on your faithfulness, good luck. <laughs> but if it's based on his faithfulness, we can be 100% assured that is going to take place. So the word of his credit, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Do you believe God raised Jesus from the dead? And if you do, then you can have confidence that one day uh, when Christ returns, after you die when Christ returns, you too will be brought back to life. He was delivered over to death, Jesus, for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. He loved us so much. God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on our behalf. The death I deserve, Jesus died for me. The death I deserve, Jesus died for me. I'm going to read a quote here uh, about, kind of tie this together a little bit, and uh, I can't remember where I got the author from. Uh, Read it, wrote it down, and I don't recall where I got it, but it's really good. (laughs) Uh, It goes, uh, but from the whole context of, of that scripture, I think it's fair to say that Abraham's faith was his strong confidence in the reliability of God's word, and Abraham's hope was his strong confidence in the fulfillment of God's promise. In other words, here's the money line here. In other words, whenever faith in God looks to the future, it can be called hope. And whenever hope rests on the word of God, it can be called faith. Let me read that, that last part one more time. In other words, whenever faith in God looks to the future, it can be called hope. And whenever hope rests on the word of God, it can be called faith. Let me wrap this up, um, last part here, by just walking through hope in real time or hope in what happens to people after they die. This was a really hot topic uh, in the early church. Because the early church thought Jesus was coming back right away, right away, like in their lifetime. You guys realize that, right? The early church thought Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime. So what was happening was he wasn't coming back, and people were dying in the church. It it, it went on 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and they're all going, ah, where is he? Come on, how many of you thought that in your lifetime? Come on, come on, be honest. How many of you thought, where are you, Lord? This would be a really good time for you to show up. Uh, the other thing that was taking place in the uh, in the early church was um, they, they really believed that the kingdom of God was going to overcome the world. Like, take over the world. Like, Caesar wasn't going to be Lord. Jesus was going to be Lord. And and it just looked, circumstantially, that Rome was still in charge of this world. So the church is really struggling. But in that first area, people were dying, and they were now wondering what is happening to those who are dying. So the Apostle Paul addressed that in first Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, all in the context of hope. And here's what he said, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, those who have died. Um, So that you do not grieve like the rest of uh, mankind who have no hope. So he said, a contrast, the world which has no hope versus Christians who have no, who have hope even in death, who have hope even in death. Verse 14, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Let me repeat that. So we believe uh, that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So because Jesus rose from the dead, we too will rise one day from death. And by the way, we get a brand new body. Anybody besides me? Anybody over 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 30? Anybody? I mean, you're still you're still doing it, man. I'm not, I'm not picking on you, but uh, they say physically you peak around 28, right? 21, some people, 21 maybe. Some of you are going 18, 16, you know. Brand new body, which is great, which is wonderful. Looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, Jesus uh, says here, but well, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's word, here's this confidence, faith in God's word, which gives us hope. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. So those who died first will get first honors. They'll go first before those who are still living. And then uh, a verse that's sometimes not quite understood. The next couple of verses, verse 16. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven. Okay. Just kind of track with me a little bit. There's all kinds of, uh, theology on the end times, you know. When, when's, are we living in the end times? Anybody ever ask that question? When's Jesus coming back? Are we living in the end times? Uh, by the way, when we're in the end of the end, you're not going to need to ask, are we in the end? Anybody? If you're asking, are we in the end? We're probably not in the end. When we're in the end, you're not going to need to ask the question. Uh, so, boy, that just opened a can of worms in my brain. So I got to shut that. Shut. Shut down. Shut down. Shut down. Verse 16. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So he's coming. They're rising. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them, okay, in the clouds to what? Meet the Lord in the air. This verse perplexed me so much for so many years. If I heard this guy teach, great, great theologian, great guy. And uh, here's what he said. He 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 said in in, in this time, when this was written, when uh, when a when a when a king would be entering a city, it would be common practice uh, when he got close to the city, for those in the city, uh, the dignitaries, to go out and do what? Meet the king and his entourage, and then come back all the way to the city with him. Does that make sense? And I believe there's the same imagery happening here. I think the Apostle Paul is taking that imagery, and he's using it to explain what's going to happen in the end. So we're going to meet him uh, in the air. And then he goes on, and so we will be with the Lord forever. From that point, from some of your theolog- theology is going, I know it is, because mine did. Mine did. Because from that point, Paul says, we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another. And this does not have to be at a funeral. Come on, someone help me out. We got 1 Corinthians 13 only at weddings, and we got this verse only at funerals, right? We should encourage each other on a regular with this truth, with this reality. We should put our faith, our confidence, our hope that this is true. One day when this body gives out, and by the way, we all have an expiration date. We do. We all have an expiration date. And uh, and, and, and we're going to trade in for a new body. And we're going to be with the Lord one day when he comes. We're going to meet him, and we're going to be with him forever. Hope. Brings us encouragement today. Hope brings us encouragement today. I'm going to ask the music team to come up. We got one more song, but I, I want to encourage you today to be people of faith, hope, and of love. And particularly of hope. If God's given you a promise, you believe it. Don't be don't be don't waver. Be unwavering like Abraham. As far as your future. Be confident that what God said is true, because Jesus rose from the dead. One day, you and I, even though we die here on earth, even though our body gives up, one day we will rise again to new life and be with the Lord forever. Do you believe that today? Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for each person here. God, I'm so grateful for the work you want to do here at Christian Life. Center. Father God, I pray that we will be people of faith. God, we will be people of hope. And God, we will be people of love. And I trust you for that in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.